Good morning, everyone. Good morning. There we go. Welcome. Glad you're here this morning. It's good to uh, share this time of fellowship and worship with each of you today, and we welcome everyone. Uh, we welcome our, our guests, especially this morning. We're glad that you're here with us today, and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheet on each row. We'd like to ask if you would mind to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us, um, and just give us whatever information you feel uh, comfortable giving to us, we would appreciate it. And also go ahead and take your phone and check in here at Community Baptist Church. Let everybody know you're here on social media, uh, and we would appreciate that as well. A few announcements that we have. Uh, first of all, after church today, we're going to be having a, uh, a youth and children's fundraiser. So Kelsey, you want to tell us what the scoop is and what we need to do after church to, to do this? Dr. Tim said I had to come up here instead of yelling from my seat. So, right after church, um, we are going to move that away. Um, and we have um, a fun photo booth over here with the cornhole tournament sign-ups over there. And a little jar, if you're going to be in the cornhole tournament, it's $5. You can just put it in a little jar over there. Um, we've got lots of fun desserts. Um, we, if we're feeling it, we might have a pie option. We might not. It's kind of whatever. Um, and then Dad and Larry and CJ are all out there grilling awesome. Well, my dad's right there. But they're all grilling awesome hot dogs and hamburgers. We have a bunch of salads, so we'll pray and then eat. Larry's here. Oh, there's, okay, so it's my dad and Larry. Nope, they're in here. So someone's going to grill eventually. We'll see. <laughs> You know what? I'm, I, I'm, I have every confidence that this will come off. <laughs> It'll happen. I'm, I promise you. Uh, thank you. So hang around after church. We'll, uh, we'll have this, this good time of, uh, together, brats and dogs and burgers and, and games. And uh, so we, we would appreciate that. A couple of other things that are coming up on um, Saturday of this week, on this, this coming Saturday, we have two things going on. Our, first of all, we will be serving lunch for the Salvation Army. We do that every time there's a, a fifth Saturday of the month, about four times a year, and that falls on the, on this uh, Saturday. So if you would like to help with that, I think our youth are going to be involved with that, and if you would like to help, uh, please see Christine, and she'll get you signed up. Also, our upperclassmen group will be taking a, a field trip on Saturday as well. Um, we're we're going to be touring around several different places uh, to look at, at some of the sculptures of of a, of a German artist who was a POW down in Breckenridge uh, during World War II, and he stayed here in the United States after the war, and uh, and did some some amazing sculptures. Some of them at St. Minerid Abbey, Arch Abbey, uh, uh, which we'll visit, and a couple of other places as well. So that'll be Saturday. We're leaving at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and if it rains on Saturday, we'll probably reschedule it because we're going to be getting in and out of the cars and things like that. But if it's a pretty day, uh, we'll, we'll be doing that on Saturday morning. It's great to be here to, together with each of you and to be one with you. Our theme for today is We Are One. And so let me invite you now to stand and let's express our oneness, our love for one another as we greet each other in the name of the Lord. Thank you. 
seated. Well, I first want to thank um, not only Rudy Belcher, fantastic job with the video. Okay? Fantastic. And we have some photographers going around here. Oh, Frank's back there taking pictures for, I think, John Dunham. And I want to thank him, too, because everybody has a partner. Um, there are a few, couple, three acknowledgments I'd like to make in thinking of the whole lifetime of school and growing up to be 18. Maybe the first would be parents. But not just parents. We could list them a mile long. And I'd leave some out if I started with any from grandparents on. Significant others in your life. All those people that have helped you grow to be the wonderful senior that you are. Okay? The other would be your teachers. I want to believe that we, and I say we in the big picture, are a big reason why you are where you are today. And we have a lot to thank them for. Okay? And third, this church. The foundation that you provided for these young people is beyond measure. And we can acknowledge today, even Braden Doherty, that's not here, three of them grew up in this church from toddler on. Do you know how many kids could say that? Not many, I'll bet, graduating today. And what you have nurtured and shown them the way of love, acceptance, forgiveness, will go with them their whole lives. So, uh, our actual, Bra- Braden Doherty, now if you, if you were here, he, here, where is he? Uh-uh. I don't think he's here. Okay, um, he would be with Katie and Julie, Julie Russell, but think of his great-grandparents, Jane and Jack Hammond. How much a part of this church? So there's one graduate. And here sits Maggie. Maggie, would you stand up right where you are, please? There's Maggie Vincent, along with mom, dad, and grandmother. I've met you. Yeah, I'm glad to see you. Okay. And then Max Warren. Would you stand, Max, please? <laughs> Max is back there. Sarah. Many of us know his father, Steve. Stephen, I do. And we're just so proud. Uh, both of them are going to the same school. Can you believe that? <laughs> the campus of Kentucky Wesleyan will never be the same. Okay. <laughs> In more ways than one. Okay. Um, Maggie. The volleyball player that she's been wants to continue that in school, but also major in marketing and business, which she wants to incorporate, as she told us in our interview, in with marketing products and things that help diabetics. And I think that's really wonderful. 
And then Max wants to go into business and sports management. And he had quite a, a way of he wants to use and to go out and to help others in his career. Now, that's that part. Now, Mark. Oh, well, wonderful. Anybody else? Gary's in my, Gary's somewhere in my committee here today. Uh, each year we offer a scholarship. Now, it's a, uh, exercise in, uh, how to apply. And I ask for deadlines. And they take the application. They get teacher recommendations. They get their, uh, whole grades and everything. And, uh, allow us to come in and interview with them. The application is reviewed and I can tell you if they were outstanding applications and their personal essay on how this church has influenced their lives brought tears to our eyes. They were wonderful, genuine, and so sweet, and we appreciate that so much. So today, Maggie and Max, would you all come up here, please? Okay. Needless to say, we're all so proud of both of you. Come on, Max. Both of you stand up here. Come on. Both of you come up here in this room. Uh, how proud we are uh, watching you grow up in the church. Wish you only the best. And you know, we, we, we all said we're not far away from y'all. We still aren't. You come back next year and be with us. So, the church would like to give a small appreciation. But it goes a long ways. I mean, even as far back as... When we were all in school, uh, every little bit helps, right? Yeah. Okay. And we're so proud of both of you, right? Well, first, I'd just like to say thank you to everybody for the scholarship, of course. It means so much. And, again, for just helping me through life and for everything. Um, I'm so excited to start college and to start volleyball in just a few short months. Um, so, I mean, I would love for you all to come watch a game sometime. And so the schedule is on the website if you all want to check it out. Thank you. Oh, okay. I was hiding behind my back. I was hiding from you. Uh, uh, I just want to thank uh, everybody at this church that's seen me grow up whenever I was younger. Uh, there's now been a lot of places that I've consistently went to throughout my 18 years. So, and this is one of them. So, thank you guys for being a part of me and who I am today. Uh, thank you for the CBC committee for allowing me to receive this scholarship. I really appreciate that, that you split it between me and Maggie because we're both well deserving of that. And thank you, Mr. or Dr. Tim, for being my pastor all my life. You've really been a guide in my life. Thank you for that. And 
That's pretty much it. I hope to be around as much as I can with only being a town over from here, being in Owensboro, so I'll be around. And what sport were you playing? Oh, I'm playing soccer, oh. Kentucky Wesleyan. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Good deal. Outside of that, uh, thank you guys, and if you want to schedule, you can see me. You can come watch me and Maggie both play. I'm only 30 minutes away. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let us stand and pray together. And as we do, um, we pray specifically um, for our, our college graduates, I mean our high school graduates and college students. Oh God, we thank you for Maggie and Max and Braden and Logan. We're proud to have been a part of the village that helped to raise them. Many of us remember when they were born or when they were running around as mere toddlers. We have seen them strive and exert themselves and and succeed in so much. This life that you have woven in them is wonderful. And now they stand at a huge milestone, awaiting probably a bit skeptically on what lies ahead, college. We pray for their time at school, whether it is in the dorm room adjusting to their roommates or on the soccer field or volleyball court, sitting in a classroom or staring at homework. We pray that you would always be in their thoughts and in their hearts. Protect them from harm from failure, from frustration and the many temptations they will face in their new life. Show them what is true and allow them to dwell on all that is honorable and just and pure and lovely. May your perfect love cast out all fear. May they cling to what is good and know that you're going to college with them. May your spirit be reflected in their lives and in their words and in their deeds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Please pray with me. Father God, we just praise You for who You are, Lord, for You are our one and only Savior. We just thank You for the day and the many blessings that You bestow upon us each and every day, Lord. Lord, we just ask that You would bless this offering, that it may be used for the upbuilding of Your kingdom. And we'll just give You all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Amen. Galatians 3:23-29 Now before faith came we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed Therefore the law was our disciplinary until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith But now that faith has come we are no longer subject to a disciplinary For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith As many of you were baptized unto Christ have clothed yourself with Christ There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord.
That's so nice. You know, we've been talking a lot about being bound together and one and being one in the Spirit and unity and all of these things. It's kind of the theme for today. Our songs have, have matched the theme. And uh, and that's, that's what we're going to be talking about in, in my sermon today. But I, I, I know it's hard to believe. But did you know that sometimes there's conflict in the church? I know it's, it's, it's true. Sometimes there is. You see, churches are made of people, and people can sometimes have different opinions about things. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, yeah. For example, the reason that Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians is because there were certain members of the church in Galatia who were stirring up trouble. Now, you would think that that would not happen that early in the, her- in the history of the church, but it did. And there was a huge disagreement within the church there, and Paul felt like he needed to deal with it. And that's why he wrote the book of Galatians. I, I guess that since last Sunday was Father's Day, I've been thinking about my dad a lot lately, and, and he was a funny guy. He was a funny guy. He loved a good prank. He loved to to hear and to tell a funny story, and and so I want to share with you one of his favorite stories this morning. There was once a Catholic priest and a Baptist pastor and a Jewish rabbi who got together every week for coffee and to fellowship with one another and to just talk shop with one another. And so one day they were talking about conversions to their faith. And they agreed that conversion was actually pretty easy if you had the right approach. In fact, the rabbi joked and he said that he could probably convert even a bear if he needed to. Well, one thing led to another, and one dare led to another, and they decided to go out into the woods, find a bear, and try to convert it. Well, one week later, they all met at the hospital to discuss their experiences. The priest had his his arm in a sling and was walking on crutches, and he said, I went into the woods to find me a bear, and, and when I found him, I began reading to him from the catechism of the Catholic Church, and, and would you believe that there, that bear didn't want anything to do with me? He began to slap me around, so I grabbed my holy water, and I sprinkled him really good, and lo and behold, he became as gentle as a lamb. The bishop is bringing him into confirmation next week. Well, there was the pastor's turn. He was in a wheelchair. One arm and both legs were in casts. He said, well, brothers, I went out and I found me a bear. And I read to him from the Holy Bible, God's Holy Word. But that bear didn't want anything to do with me either. He tore into me like nobody's business, so I wrestled him up one hill and down another, and finally we hit the river. So I grabbed a hold of that bear, and I baptized his hairy soul. And just like you said, he became gentle as a lamb, and we spent the rest of the day singing hymns and praising Jesus. Then they both looked down at the rabbi, 
who was in the worst shape of all. He was lying in a hospital bed, had a full body cast with wires and tubes and monitors everywhere. And the rabbi slowly and painfully looked up at his colleagues and said, Brothers, they say that hindsight is twenty-twenty, and looking back on my approach to our little experiment, it occurs to me that it may not have been such a good idea for me to begin with circumcision. I'll let that sink in a little bit. (laughs) Well, that was the issue that had the Galatian church all bent out of shape. It was the issue of circumcision. Aren't you glad that I worked that into the sermon a little bit there? (laughs) Here's what the situation was. Many of the early Christians who had originally been Jewish, uh, and all of the very first Christians were Jews, and they really kind of formed in Israel among the Jewish people, and... um, And many of the early Christians who had originally been Jews believed that all Christians needed to follow the same path that they had followed. And so when when Paul went out beyond Israel and started to preach the gospel in, in other places among the Gentiles, the Jewish Christians believed that since the Christian faith had emerged from Judaism, that these new Gentile Christians needed to become Jewish before they can really become Christian. And that meant that Gentile men needed to undergo the Jewish rite of circumcision. And since circumcision is not a particularly appealing ritual, it caused a lot of tension in the church at Galatia. You can imagine. But we have to remember the background of these these Jewish believers before they began following Jesus. In the time that Paul wrote this letter, there was an actual dividing wall in the Jewish temple that separated the court of the Gentiles from the court of the Israelites. And there were signs posted on this wall in both Latin and in Greek warning the Gentiles not to go any further into the temple under penalty of death. That's just the way it was. And so those who were advocating for the circumcision of all adult males in in Galatia were actually dividing the church into those whom they thought were most pleasing to God, the circumcised Jewish Christians, and those whom they thought were the least pleasing to God, the uncircumcised Gentiles, the slaves, and the women. This was the mindset that they had brought with them from their Jewish background, And it was tearing the church apart. 
And you may be looking at this situation and thinking, how ridiculous is that? But we're looking at it from the hindsight of over 2,000 years here. And we may be thinking, how ridiculous is that? Why can't they just get along? But folks, I hope you realize that all throughout the history of the church for 2,000 years now, we have been repeating that same mindset, that very same mindset, only with different sets of people who were deemed less pleasing to God. Throughout history, whatever faith group was in the majority deemed the faith group in the minority as less pleasing to God. Sometimes they even fought wars over this. The Catholics persecuted the Anglicans and the Muslims. The Anglicans persecuted the Catholics and the Baptists and the Quakers. All of the Christians persecuted the Jews in Germany. And I, I can't list all the people the Baptists had persecuted. And we've done it with women. In some church groups, women are still looked down upon as second-tier Christians. We've done it with people of color. In, in, in some of our lifetimes, people in our churches have happily sung, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, while thinking it just as long as you don't set foot in my church. We've done it with gay people. I've seen some very ugly things posted on Facebook about the proposed fairness ordinance here in Henderson. Largely from people who claim to love God. And that's exactly what was happening in Galatia. A group of people were setting the criteria for who was acceptable and who was not. And it was tearing the church apart. And folks, it broke Paul's heart to see the Galatian church divided like that. He knew how dangerous this us versus them attitude can be to a church. And, and he, wasn't going to, he wasn't going to go easy on anyone who tried to, to create division within the body of Christ. Here Paul was striving with all of his strength and all of his heart to build up churches wherever he went. While these so-called Judaizers were tearing it apart and undoing everything that he had spent so long and so much, with so much energy doing, he couldn't allow that to happen. They needed to be reminded of who they were, who they are. And even more importantly, they needed to be reminded of who they followed. You see, they proclaimed that they were the body of Christ but the teachings and the Spirit of Christ brings people together. It doesn't tear people apart. But folks, in order to have that kind of spirit within ourselves, it requires a bit of humility in us. It means accepting one another and going out of our way to love one another. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. I heard a parable about two mountain goats that met each other on a very narrow ledge. 
the ledge was just barely wide enough for one mountain, one of the mountain goats to navigate. There was not enough room for both of them at all. On one side was a, a sheer cliff that went down hundreds of feet to the bottom, and the other side was a, a steep wall going straight up beside them. And so here were these two mountain goats facing one another, and it was impossible for either one of them to get by the other one, and they couldn't turn around, they couldn't back up. Something had to give. So how did they resolve this dilemma? Well... If they had been people, they would have started butting their heads together until both of them plunged into the the abyss. But these goats had more sense than people. You see, one of them lay down on the trail and let the other one literally walk over him. And both were safe. My friends, that is the spirit of humility and acceptance that, that Christ wants from us. We can learn something from goats. That's what Christ wants from us. A spirit of getting along for the good of all. A spirit of putting others first. A spirit of, of accepting and loving others at all costs. That's what we do when we have and live the Spirit of Christ in our own lives. When we allow the Spirit of Christ to live through us, then all of our actions and all of our attitudes and all of our priorities are different. What if everything we said or did or thought flowed solely from our identities as followers of Jesus? Wouldn't the world look at us and say, I know who you are. You're a child of God. You're a follower of Jesus, aren't you? I can see it all over you. But of course it's hard for some people to do that. It's hard for some people to be accepting of others. And I get that. But folks, let me tell you something. I think that accepting others is one of the primary tests of genuine faith. Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. My friends, it doesn't get any clearer than that. Being the body of Christ begins with humility and acceptance of others. But being the body of Christ also requires that we look after one another. In short, it means that we develop a sense, a a, a spirit of, of generosity that makes it easy for us to obey the golden rule. You know the golden rule, don't you? Say it with me. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I saw a meme just a few days ago that basically says the same thing as the golden rule, and it directly relates to the trouble in the Galatian church and in so many other churches today. It said, afford every person the rights that you want for yourself. Pretty, pretty good philosophy to live by. Pastor Suo and 
traveled to Kenya a few years ago, and she tells about the wonderful experience that she had there of, of seeing unselfish, sharing children among the students there at the school that they were working in. One particular event, um, she shared that her, her group had this huge bag full of gummy bears. And they were just, all these children were everywhere. And they had this huge bag of gummy bears. And they wanted to give these gummy bears to the children, but they didn't know exactly how to do this without the children fighting over the gummy bears. You know how children are. They were afraid that the children would be pushy and demanding and get upset about sharing their candy. And and so they decided, well, let's just ask the teacher and let her distribute the candy among all the children. And so they gave the bag to the teacher, but the teacher did the unthinkable. She just handed the bag over to one of the kids and we're going, oh, what's going to happen here? And this child began to carefully hand one gummy bear per child. And once she was sure that all the children had one, she made a second round, and then a third. And then she got some scissors and began cutting the gummy bears in half to make sure that every child got an equal amount of gummy bears. But here's what what struck Pastor Owens. There was no shoving. There was no crying. There was no complaining. There was no demanding. Each child gratefully received his or her allotment of gummy bears, and they all just enjoyed their treat together. My friends, these children knew how to live by the golden rule, didn't they? And what we could learn from them. Pastor Bishop, uh, uh, Pastor Bishop Fulton Sheen told about speaking to a missionary to the Pacific Islands. This was years ago, of course, when Bishop Sheen was alive. But he asked this missionary, what was the greatest virtue of the people that the missionary was ministering with there in the Pacific Islands? The missionary said, I will tell you their greatest virtue in terms of their greatest vice. It is the sin of Kaipo. Now what is the sin of Kaipo, you may be asking yourselves. The sin of Kaipo is the sin of eating alone. You see, these people of the Pacific Islands would go to great lengths to keep from eating alone. Sometimes they would go without food for several days until they could find someone with whom they could share their blessings. Can you imagine being so committed to your sisters and brothers in Christ that you would consider it a sin not to share your food or your time or your blessings? My friends, when we can look past all of our self-centered biases and when we can see Christ in the face of every believer then love compels us to freely give of our resources. So you see, as a part of Christ's body, we are called to have acceptance for one another 
and to look after one another. And then finally, being one of Christ, one in Christ means that we are to become advocates for one another and for all of God's children. Tony Campolo tells about a, the time when Mother Teresa visited a town in Pennsylvania, not far from uh, Philadelphia, where Tony lives. In this town, it, it seems that the directors of the state mental hospital wanted to build some halfway houses in this town uh, to provide living space and, and, and mental health services to patients who were transitioning from um, back into society. But the local citizens didn't want that. It was the, the NIMBY rule, not in my backyard. You know, they didn't want these halfway houses in their neighborhoods, and so the city council voted against it unanimously. Well, when Mother Teresa, who happened to be in town visiting this this town for a meeting with her order, the Sisters of Charity, when she heard about this city council meeting, she walked into this very contentious meeting where there was a lot of arguing and finger-pointing going on, and she walked up to the table where the city council members were sitting, and she knelt down in front of them and pleaded, in the name of Jesus, make room for these children of God. When you reject them, you reject Jesus. But when you affirm them, you embrace Jesus. Well, guess what the city council did? They voted again. And it was unanimous again. But this time they voted unanimously to accept the halfway houses into their community. Why? Probably because the sacrificial love of Mother Teresa overcame any self-serving objections that they may have had. A friend posted this photo on Facebook this week as a church sign that basically says it all, doesn't it? At the end of the day, I'd rather be excluded for who I include than to be included for who I exclude. Folks, that is basically what Paul is saying to the church in Galatia. In the name of Jesus, make room for these dear children, whether they are circumcised or not. Make room for these children, whether they are male or female. Make room for these dear children of God, whether they are black or white or Hispanic or Asian or whether they are straight or gay or whatever, because when you reject them, you reject Jesus. But when you affirm them, you embrace Jesus. You see, when we focus on the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, all of those selfish, ugly walls that stand between us have to come down. They have to. Because we can't look at the cross of Jesus Christ a symbol of torture and shame and death, but also a symbol of amazing love and sacrifice for all of us. And we can't look at that and then justify our half-hearted love for our brothers and sisters. My friends, there is nothing half-hearted about 
Jesus' love for all of us. Jesus died to take away our sin and to restore us to oneness with God. And if we are one with God, then we are also one with everyone of God's children. This command I give unto you. Love one another as I have loved you. All of you. Amen. I didn't know we were going to sing this hymn at the end, but uh, I even referenced it a little while ago. They'll know we are Christians by the love we have for one another. And that is true. And how often in the history of the church we have, we have not expressed that very well. I'm glad I'm a part of a church that does express that very well. Amen. And I hope we continue to. Let us love one another because that's how people will know that we are followers of Christ. May the power and the peace and the presence of Jesus Christ uphold you and direct you and keep you always one with Him and one with one another. Amen.